the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. You know, as we uh, sing about uh, different praises, and blessed be the name, various things we say, it all has its source in Him. What is blessed is only blessed because it comes from Him. Praise is only praise because it speaks of Him. Joy is only joy because it's experienced in His presence. Life is only life because He is the author and originator of it. All things, all things that are eternal and true have their source in Him. Now, we forget that. It's easy to forget because we live in a temporal world and we live in cause and effect and we believe that somehow we have what we have because of things we can touch or things we can do. But as you have health, you have Him. As you have Life, you have him. As you have joy, you have him. If, as you have marriage, you have him. As you have children, you have him. In all things, everything in source and truth comes from him. And when he says, we say, blessed be the name, it is because his name is blessed. And his name is blessed because of who he is. Not because we declare it so. We get that simple truth as the cornerstone of our faith, we'll quit trying to create the presence of God. We'll quit trying to create the holiness and the blessedness of our situation. And we'll recognize that all of it has its origin in him. Now, we're beginning in the third chapter of Titus, and this actually is relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. Titus, as you know, is a letter from Paul to Titus, giving instruction to Titus and encouragement to him on how to order the churches on the island of Crete. And Crete was predominantly a Gentile island or Gentile country and was populated by a, a pagan culture that was rebellious and unscrupulous and idolatrous and immoral. In fact, In chapter 1, verse 12, Paul quotes one of their own prophets, someone who was actually a Cretan, spoke about his countrymen, and he says, they are liars. 
evil beasts and lazy gluttons. See, the island was a hotbed of Greek and Roman paganism. When the gospel came to Crete, many of the churches were established, but their leadership was weak and to a large degree was carnal, was fleshy. So these churches were soon, as carnal churches will be, invaded by false teachers. And Paul visited Crete and determined to leave his disciple Titus there to order the church in doctrine and in truth. Because that obviously was in quite a disarray. And that island was known to be the island of a hundred cities. And it is believed there was a church in every city. So you can see how much work Titus had before him. Now as we've studied this short letter, we've seen Paul has divided up different points of emphasis. Like in chapter 1, Paul begins by setting the standards for leadership in the church. And then he gives them the qualifications for godly leaders. We study that in verses 5 through 9. And then the contrast between those leaders and the false teachers, which is in verses 10 through 16. And then in chapter 2, Paul instructs the Cretans on their behavior within the body, within the church itself. How they were supposed to conduct themselves among each other. And then we come to the chapter we're currently at, which is chapter 3. And in that chapter, Paul is addressing Christian behavior in society. Now, how to be the church while living among the godless in a sin-cursed world is really what he's talking about. Now, I want to begin our study by reading a quote by a widely respected teacher and expositor of the Word of God. And I think it sets the premise for our study The quote is as follows. America is a pagan society. I think all of us have come to the place reluctantly where we can see that that is in fact the case. We have experienced as a nation over 150 years of strong Christian biblical influence, but that is rapidly declining. People still attend religious services. They still say that they believe in God when they're polled. But there exists a kind of practical atheism and at best a situational morality. For the most part, whatever vestiges of Christian religion that still pervade our culture are weak and compromising, if not cultic and apostate. Some have said in the years past that we are living in a post-Christian America. Perhaps it could be better said that we are living in a sub-Christian America. We want to say we're Christians, we just don't want to commit to what Christianity is. Our Christianity has become hollow. We are clearly pagan, but we wear the mask of religion. Our nation is now affirming through its leaders, through its congresses, its legislative bodies, its courts, and its judges, a distinctively anti-Christian agenda. Anything and everything that is distinctively Christian is being swept away under the aegis of equal rights and moral freedom. And as believers, frankly, we tend to resent this. The Christianity that once was a part of the fabric of our nation that created some of the cultural props to hold us up 
and to give us a biblical morality and some divine standard in which we used to judge behavior is now gone. Cultural Christianity, whatever it was, is dead. Biblical morality is assaulted constantly. Moral freedom reigns as God. Materialism, family, family breakup, and breakdown is epidemic. Abortions go on. Sexual evils, drugs, crime, pagan education is flooding our nation like the Mississippi River. And we can't come close to coping or dealing with this flood of evil. We have torn down all of the standards, and now we can't figure out what is right, so we don't know what to teach anybody. So we can't control behavior in the early years of childhood. We now have a generation of people who have taken the agenda and are running with it. We don't have enough standards to control them. We don't have enough police to arrest them. We don't have enough courts to process them. And we don't have enough jails to keep them in. End quote. You know, what grieves me most about this quote is that it's true. The relevance of it is obvious. Paul is setting forth in our text today what is to be the conduct and the priority of a church in a pagan culture. And folks, we're there. We are there. We as Americans have been privileged and blessed to live in a nation that has Christian roots. So it is easy, hear me, it is easy to believe as Christians that that is our responsibility under God to guard and to protect the biblical standards that have been in varying degrees established in our laws. I don't disagree. To the degree that we can lawfully affect our society to operate in accordance with the truth, it is our responsibility. It is our obedience. But I hasten to add, that is not the priority of the church. You hear me? That is not the priority of the church. This world is not our home. It is not our culture. And in truth, it is not our society. It is a nursery for God's elect. It is the school of faith for those who are born unto eternal life. Our place is here is God-ordained, God-planned, and God-directed. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, you children of God. A royal priesthood, a consecrated nation. You think he's talking about America? No. A special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellences, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is your nation. That is your culture. That is your priority to live to. In the Christian culture today, many have sought to give the church relevance by asserting its political influence. But that is not our relevance. We are being inundated with attempts to weaponize the church to wage war against the moral decline of our government. While the scriptures call us to a very different focus and a vastly different priority. I will say again, 
to the degree we can lawfully affect our society to operate in accordance with truth, it is our responsibility to do so. However, you can find no political agenda in the life of Christ who operated in a satanically empowered political culture that was aggressively immoral and idolatrous, and eventually he was martyred under that same government. We see that in the life of Paul and others, we see that they seemed to have little regard for how the political climate was affecting their ministry. Let's begin with our text. It will be Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Shall we stand for the reading of his word? Paul, writing to Titus, says, Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient to be ready and willing to do good, to slander or abuse no one, to be kind and conciliatory and gentle, holding unqualified consideration and courtesy toward everyone. For we too once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various sinful desires and pleasures, spending and wasting our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared in human form as the man, Jesus Christ, he saved us, not because of any works of of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy, by the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation and regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free of the guilt of sin, by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged as accepted to him and be made heirs of eternal life, actually experiencing it according to our hope, his guarantee. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying. And concerning these things, I want you to speak with great confidence so that those who have believed God, that is, those who have trusted in, relied on, and accepted Christ Jesus as Savior, will be careful to participate in doing good and honorable things. These things are excellent in themselves and profitable for all people. You may be seated. Amen. Now, Paul starts out in the first verse of chapter 3, and he says, Remind people. Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good work, to slander or abuse no one, to be kind and conciliatory and gentle, showing unqualified consideration and courtesy toward everyone. Now, as we remember the culture of the Cretans, we can see the necessity of reminding them. And often, this is the battle that we deal with in the soul, isn't it? The battle that's being constantly waged in our soul. For our souls to be subject to anything is a work of the Spirit of God, a work of the new nature. This is the work that God has done in us. 
It would mean for us to operate from a totally different paradigm than we did before we were born again. The same paradigm that we adopt when uh, we adopted when we were carnal. When we were carnal, we didn't want to be subject to anything or anybody. We wanted to have a leg up on all things. We wanted to be in charge of our world. We wanted to be the little God of our universe. And Paul tells this rebellious, obstinate people, be subject, be subject to a carnal, pagan government, an abusive government, to rulers and authorities who are constantly lording their position over you. Be subject. That's what he's commanding them to do. But what you should keep in mind is that what the world calls strength is weakness. And what the world sees as weakness is for the Christian the exercise of strength. His strength. The Greek word for subject is the word hupatasso. And it means literally to obey and to put yourself under, to honor. And Paul is not referencing, when he's speaking about these authorities, again, he's not referencing a democracy or a government that has some remnant of a moral base. He is referencing a godless pagan empire that actually hated Christians. The Spirit of God says, you are to be subject to this authority. You are to live under these authorities in this total pagan and immoral society. He doesn't call on them to revolt or to no longer live among the godless. He doesn't call them to political activism. He doesn't call them to anything other than to be subject, subject themselves under this government. And Paul tells Titus, remind them so that they've obviously heard this before. You need to remind them and you need to keep reminding them because this is not something they will come to easily. They have a well-defined pathway in their soul. that a pathway of obstinance, the pathway of rebellion, the pathway of self-protection, the pathway that says, I must do everything I can do to hold my world in place. Remind them they're being told how Christians ought to live in a pagan society. This is, a, this is not a new approach to them. They're being taught how to live, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good. Now, the only way they can do this is by walking by the Spirit. In Galatians 5.25, it says, If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity. Godly character and moral courage are conduct empowered by the Spirit of God. Think about that. Jesus did not teach or encourage revolution. In fact, his enemies had to find people to lie and twist his words to accuse him of inciting his followers to reject Roman rule. And when the Pharisees sought to entrap him by questioning him concerning the poll tax in Matthew 22, he told them to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. In in other words, ignore the image on the coin, which is what they were concerned about. Ignore the idolatry that's associated with it and render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But the cue, the meat of this verse follows, it says... And to God, the things that are God's. 
You see, Jesus was not endorsing idolatry. He was pointing to a greater and higher principle for the people of God to stand in. And that is that we are in the world, but not of the world. Now, this is not a new exhortation for Paul. He taught this in every church that he went to. Why? Because these, these countries were under Roman occupation. And a lot of the churches that Paul went to or formed were made up of predominantly Jewish people who hated the rule of Rome, hated the Gentile rule, who were literally hoping for a Messiah that would deliver them from underneath the boot of Rome. And they thought, surely, in order for God to be God, he must deliver us from this place of evil. But they had no idea, no concept, no understanding what true deliverance was. Because the evil that they needed to be delivered from was not the evil, the external evil of Rome. It was the evil within And what Paul is illustrating to the people of the Cretan Islands was this, that you have been delivered. You have been set free. You are free to honor the government. You are free to bow before me in submission. You are free to walk in the fullness of my love and life. You are free to give. You are free to forgive. You are free to live beyond the bitterness that you've lived in before. You are completely free. Do not be deceived by circumstance. Do not be deceived by the boasting of men or the strength of man. Some trust in horses, right? Some boast in horses. That's basically what he's saying. But we will put our hope and trust in the Lord. In the Old Testament, you've seen points of deliverance over and over again. God delivers them from the captivity of the enemy. And what he's saying to them over and over again is, I'm your provision. I am your hope. I am your salvation. I am your deliverer. I am your peace. I am everything. All things have their source in me. Look to me. They never learned it. Because over and over again, as soon as things got secure, their hope and their trust and their sense of of blessing, their sense of prosperity... Their sense of favor was all in the external things around them. And their focus was shifted from the God who was the source of all things to the things. This is what Paul is addressing. He makes the same exhortation in Romans 13 verse 1. He says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, granted by his permission and sanction. And those which existed have been put in place by God. In this verse, the sovereignty of God is illustrated. You are under God's designated authority. Do you realize that? That would be true if you were in China as well. That's hard to believe. Well, I'm sure it was hard to believe that God used Pharaoh. It was hard to believe that God used Pilate to bring salvation, but he did. God has purpose in a godless government. We can submit to the purposes of God, can't we? 
we can know that no matter what authority we are under, that they are only allowed to affect us to the degree that they work towards God's purposes in our lives. Do you understand that? They can only affect us to the degree that they work towards God's purposes in our lives. That's all they're here for, folks. That's it. When Jesus was taken before Pilate, Pilate's uh, assumption was that Jesus' life was in his hands because Jesus was being held captive under his authority. So in John chapter 19, verses 10 11, Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all if it had not been given to you from above. Do you understand where we are? Do you know where the source of life is? Hope, protection, peace, all that you call life is contained in him, kept in him, sustained by him. The authority that is over the child of God is not held in place by the vote or the might of man, but by God for his purposes. We are to be ready and willing to do good. How? By walking in the Spirit, we are empowered to do good. Philippians 2.13 For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthen, energizing, creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for His good pleasure. All that God calls you to is sourced in Him. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.